You're listening to Easier, a podcast all about making your life easier. This is episode number 15. Each week, I'll bring you my favorite tips, tricks, and hacks for living a simpler life. This week, we're going to make event planning easier. To do that, I've asked my friend and local wedding and event planner, Krista Graham, to join us. She's going to talk about her event planning business, and of course, she'll share her top tips for making sure your next event is a success. All right, let's jump right in. I'm so excited to have my first guest for this podcast. As I said a minute ago, her name is Krista Graham, and she's the entrepreneur behind Krista Graham Weddings and Events. She plans, you guessed it, weddings and events in Metro Detroit and in the Ann Arbor area. And on her website, she describes herself as an ENFJ and part of the Oregon Trail generation, which she says makes her the perfect wedding planner. Krista also leads the Ann Arbor chapter of Tuesdays Together, which is a part of the Rising Tide Society organization. And if you're not familiar with either of those, stick around to the end of the episode and we'll tell you all about that. Krista, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me on. So tell me a little bit about being an ENFJ. What does that mean? So it generally means I am a people pleaser. Uh, I like to make people happy and I also like to make them become the best that they can be. So at the same time of making people happy, I'm kind of gently nudging them to do what they're passionate about, to be better at whatever they're doing in the present. So that sounds, yeah, absolutely like that would be the perfect person to help plan any kind of event. And if folks don't know about it, these letters are based on a personality test that was first developed by Myers and Briggs. And there's a website called 16 Personalities that you can go to to take a personality quiz. It's free. And I find that their results are super accurate. And your personality type, you said ENFJ, that site calls the protagonist. And I have the description here if you'd like me to read it and see if it uh, lines up with what you think about yourself. Sure. Cool. So 16 Personalities says that protagonists are natural born leaders. They're full of passion and charisma, and they form only around 2% of the population. They are sometimes or they're oftentimes are politicians, coaches and teachers reaching out and inspiring others to achieve and to do good in the world with a natural confidence that begets influence. Protagonists take a great deal of pride and joy in guiding others to work together to improve themselves and their community. So does you feel like that uh, describes you in a nutshell? Absolutely. Yes. 100 percent. Yeah. And so the letters actually each mean something in those those letters. So my personality profile type is INFJ, which means that we're just one letter off and the I versus the E is introvert versus extrovert. So I tend to be on the more introverted side, kind of in the middle. Do you find yourself to be more extroverted? Yeah, I definitely get my energy from being around people. And, you know, it makes sense being a party planner that I like being around people and being around social situations. I do have times where I kind of need to recharge. I think everybody does. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I am definitely a social butterfly. Yeah, so I, I totally agree that that would make you probably the perfect party planner, someone who's more extroverted. Just if folks aren't sure, there's actually something in the middle that's kind of been fleshed out more recently, this ambivert idea. So I tend to be more of an ambivert. I can get energy from people sometimes, but I tend to want to recharge more of the time. Does that make sense for you? You're kind of more in the middle, but leaning extroverted? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. 
So just in case folks are curious, the INFJ personality profile type that I make up is called the Advocate from 16 Personalities. And that personality type, the site says, is very rare. And that one makes up less than 1% of the population. But it says that they nonetheless leave their mark on the world. As members of the diplomat role group, advocates have an inborn sense of idealism and morality. But what sets them apart is that they are not idle dreamers. They're people capable of taking concrete steps to realize their goals and make a lasting positive impact. So I hope that's true for me. It, it sounds good. So, you know, it's a lot of big words there from them. <laughs> so... All right. If anyone wants to take that personality quiz, I will have a link in the show notes at easiercast.com slash 15. It's the website 16personalities.com. And you can head over there. It's free and they give you a huge description. So you can go on and see what, what your personality type comes up at and see how accurate it is. So how, Krista, did you get started as an entrepreneur? How did you come to have your own event planning business? Well, I worked in the medical field for about 10 years and ended up really, hate is a strong word, but I really disliked it. You know, you come home tired every day, your energy is drained, your feet hurt, um, you're, you know, constantly on the move, you're trying to make decisions that are very stressful decisions. You know, if you have two babies in the NICU and they both need emergency medicine, which one do I make first? So Mm -hmm. it's, Wedding planning and party planning in general has always been something that re-energizes me. And I could be doing a wedding for 12 hours and come home still energized and still you know, ready to go for the next event and looking for other things to plan. So um, it just kind of had a light bulb moment one day that maybe medical field is not really for me. Maybe I should move into this party planning as a business. So um, when we moved to Michigan last year, my, you know, my husband was 100% on board, you know, said, do what you love. And so I, I just went for it. So do you, is your business your full-time job or do you have a, a full-time job and this is your side hustle? And do you plan, if that's the case, to transition at some point? Yeah, this is a side hustle right now until I can make it full-time money. I do work for a local school system here also which does use a lot of strengths that I have to, you know, the nth degree. I mean, organizing and being social and everything. Um, I use that all there also. But eventually I do want to make this wedding planning full time. I like the idea of having more control of my time and how I spend my time and my days. And I can only do that working for myself. So, yep, that's the plan. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you there that I also work for a school and I'm doing that full time, but I have a couple of side gigs too that I would love to to see transition. But it does fit the the personality type to to do this kind of work for a school and then to do the things that we do outside of there. So that's I think that's pretty great. So what is the most memorable moment that you can recall from an event that you've planned? Um, I think my At my first wedding that I did all on my own, it kind of hit me like a brick wall that, holy crap, I'm a wedding planner. And that's what I set out to do. And I achieved that and had to kind of take a minute and go in the restroom of the venue and just kind of breathe for a second and get through that moment of excitement. But I think that just pushes me to strive for even more. And um, I'm a huge advocate of setting goals and breaking down those goals into achievable steps. And it was just kind of a full circle moment that, hey, this actually works. And I actually did achieve something that I set out to achieve. And it was it was a great kind of moment. Just me, myself and I <laughs> there in the bathroom. 
That's that's great. It's it's always as an entrepreneur or someone who's got any kind of side hustle, it is so gratifying to achieve any goal really when you're trying to build something from scratch. But to get there and fully realize that hey, I can do this, that that's such an awesome thing to to get at. So mm-hmm. congratulations for getting as far as you've gotten. Thank you. So let's transition into our main idea for the week. And I invited you on to talk about how to plan an event. This is your area of expertise. And I thought some folks would be interested in hearing some tips from you. So you explained to me that you have kind of five areas that you focus on when you're planning an event. So what would those be? Yeah, so I um, have tips for each kind of step in planning an event, preparation, RSVPs, the food and drink when you're at the party and then cleaning up after the party. So we're going to touch on each area with a couple little party hacks. Okay, awesome. So let's just jump right in. Let's start with area number one, and that's party prep. What can you tell me about how to get ready for the party? Sure. So as you're shopping for the party, you're getting supplies, you might start shopping a little bit early. You create a drop zone is what I call it for your supplies. So whether that's an area in your house, a room in your house, a plastic bin that you put in your kitchen or your dining room, your laundry room, wherever you come in from the garage. When you have those shopping bags full of party supplies, have a space that you're just going to drop all of them until it's time to use them for the party. I think that's it helps to kind of corral everything together in that way. Yeah, and I think it will probably help to keep some prying hands off of the party supplies. I know my mom, when we were younger, used to do that. She'd put four party all over things, and we might still eat the food for the party, so she'd right. be frantically shopping. Yeah. And you can do that in the refrigerator, too. If you get a little plastic bin from the Dollar Tree yes. and just label label it party food and put everything for the party in there so your kids don't eat it up. I'm pretty sure that on a previous episode of this podcast, I talked about those awesome dollar store bins and they're the ones that I have in my fridge. So they are great. You can go to the any Dollar Tree, any dollar store, and they're perfect yeah. for storage in the fridge. Oh, yeah. I love the dollar store for party planning. I always go there first. I guess that's another tip. Go to the Dollar Tree first and get what you can from there. Yeah, just as another, I guess, little side note, um, my favorite wine glasses actually came from the dollar store. They're great, <laughs> like heavy, thick red wine glasses, and we use them for everything. You'd never know. So even for things like that, if you're planning a party for eight and you don't have eight wine glasses, there's $8 right there. It's not bad. Exactly. So my next tip is make a to-do list, and then I want you to break that to-do list down into every day leading up to the party. So don't try and do everything the night before the party. Do what you can. You know, you can decorate throughout the week uh, leading to the party. You can prepare food and drink the day before, um, anything that will keep in the fridge. You can prepare the night before. Um, Just kind of try and make the party day as easy and as stress-free as as possible. So... How far in advance would you say that you should try to start that checklist and what kinds of things would you put on it to to make sure to try it? You said decorating, but are there other things that you would put on that, that to-do list in advance to consider before the day of? Sure. So um, I would put things, I, I typically start about a week before the party or if my party's on a Saturday, I'll start working on it on Monday, like after work. And I'll give myself a few things to do. So other than decorating, I would say things like gathering any materials that you already have. So, for example, I had a wine and cheese party. I had to go, you know, through my party supplies and find the cutting boards, you know, go through, find all our wine glasses, just kind of doing the prep work. Also, things like making sure you have enough 
supplies, like even something as simple as spoons or forks, you know, if you're inviting 10 people, making sure you have enough supplies, then you can add right. it to your shopping list. If you don't, you know, making your shopping list, that is a, a to-do that I try and do pretty early on in the party planning process and just add to it as I come up with things. But just spreading it out through the week makes it a little less stressful for the party. Yeah, absolutely. There's, I don't think really probably much worse than discovering you only have eight forks when 10 guests are coming the day of a party and having to decide, <laughs> well, are you sharing or am I going to the store right before? <laughs> Right. So, okay, let's slide on into the next category, which is invitations and RSVPs. Okay. So I really believe that the invite sets the tone for the party, and it really should make your guests want to attend the party. So if it's a fun birthday party, you know, display fun colors on the invitation, um, tell them what activities are going to happen. If it's more of a social um, event for adults, do something you know your people better than I do. So make the invitation, get them excited for the party. In addition to that, you want to give people time to make sure that they can attend. You know, if they need to find a babysitter or if they have a very busy schedule, you want to make sure that you get the, your event on their calendar before anybody else gets an event on their calendar. So I tend to send out invitations about three weeks before the party. I give them two weeks to RSVP so that my, I should know a pretty good number of attendees about a week before the party. And then that makes sense in my party planning timeline because I'm going to be shopping and stuff the week of the party. So anybody that doesn't get with you, make sure and follow up with them. Don't let yourself guess, you know, say I invited 10 people and only five got back. So only five are coming. Don't assume that. Follow up with the other five that have not RSVP'd and just say, hey, I sent you this invitation. You want to make sure you got it. I just need to know if you're coming so I have enough food for you. You know, give them a reason why you need to know if they're coming. If it's a kid's birthday party, you know, you can say I hired this clown or this balloon artist or whatever entertainment and I need to know if you're coming because they need to plan for how many kids to paint faces of or whatever it is. Um, so follow up with that RSVP. And I would say, as I'm listening to you, something else that folks should do, it might seem a little obvious, but it probably is a good idea to make sure that you retain a list of everyone that you're sending an invitation to, because it's probably not a great idea to send them out to all the people that you've written out and then forget the folks that you invited. So maybe keeping a list so that you can check them off as they come in, just as a thing, it might seem obvious, but to make sure that folks are still doing. Yeah, absolutely. So you said that the timeline here is three weeks in advance of a party, that that's when the invitation should actually be put in the mail, correct? Correct. That's that's my t general rule that I tend to subscribe to. For folks, it's probably wise to start considering your party the month prior to when it's going to happen. It's probably not a good idea to wait until two weeks before and say, I'm going to send out these invitations, and then you've only got six days to get people together. So really start considering probably a month and then invitations three weeks out, RSVPs two, and planning and getting stuff ready at one week. Does that sound about right? Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. That sounds awesome. So let's move into the food and drink aspect. This is probably a pretty big one that folks want to hear about. So what are some tips you have there? Yeah. So I always take some help from the store. Um, for example, going back to my wine and cheese party, uh, I didn't really cook anything for that party. I bought party platters at the store, at the grocery store. I bought jarred sauces and uh, mixes like tapenades and olive mixes. 
Um, like here we have Kroger, they have an amazing olive bar, uh, antipasta bar. I took help from there. And then when I got home, I, for the party, I put them in little glass containers, again, from the dollar store, um, little glass bowls that I could set throughout my tablescape. Um, and it made it look a little nicer and people were wowed by it, but I really didn't do that much. Um, so you can do that with anything with if you want sandwiches, you can go to Subway or any sandwich shop and order subs, take it out of the packaging, put it on a cutting board arranged in a nice order or, you know, put some sprigs of rosemary or other herbs in with it to look a little more fancy. Take as much help from the store as you can. And then also with drinks, you can buy a glass serving pitcher, buy lemonade at the store put the lemonade in the glass pitcher, and then add a couple slices of lemon or some fruit into that lemonade, and it will definitely look homemade, and your people will probably think that you made it yourself. Yeah, that's an awesome idea, and I bet that's another dollar store buy. I'm sure you can get something at least semi-decent at the dollar store to, to serve drinks out of. I'm sure they've got something. Oh, yeah, especially in summer months. Yes, absolutely. So for food and drink, it sounds like the idea is to take as much help from the store as you possibly can. Yeah. Okay. So we've gotten through the party planning and the setup. So tell me about what to do at the party itself. Okay. So at the party, uh, I always try and have some um, ambient music or something in the background to kind of fill in the white noise, uh, the quietness. And it kind of helps people feel more welcome when they get there. If there's already noise going on, they don't feel like they're being intrusive into your space as much. And then uh, it helps the awkward silences and conversation to have something in the background. So it could be music that you, you know, play on your phone through a Bluetooth speaker. Um, so that might be a to-do list item is think about your playlist and think about the guests that you're inviting and what music they would enjoy. If it's a holiday party, maybe theme your music to that. So like Halloween music or Christmas music. If it's a New Year's Eve party, I like playing the hit songs from the year throughout the party. You can also have a movie playing, which is good for holiday parties too. have a Christmas movie playing or a Halloween movie playing. Even if it's on silent, it will give people something to look at in those awkward silences and help the party kind of move along a little bit. So as you explain those things, two ideas came to mind. First, in terms of your movie idea, maybe for folks, if, if it's a movie that's less popular or just in general, turn on the subtitles or the captions when that movie is playing so people actually can read the dialogue as it's happening. So mm -hmm. that's one thing I thought of. Another thing that I do at my whenever I have folks over is I have Google Homes around my house and Google Home has an awesome feature where it allows you to broadcast the same music or the same audio from every speaker simultaneously. So what I'll do is I'll turn them on low and I'll turn on whatever music is going on for that party. Typically, you know, I usually play something like jazz and I'll put them on low and that whenever someone goes anywhere in the house, that that same music is playing. So it's nice you get a little music going on in the background when you're in the bathroom and things like that, but it, it does set a nice vibe. So any other tips for that party itself? Just remember to socialize with your guests. Don't stress out. You know, the party's happening whether you like it or not. So, <laughs> you know, have just enjoy your guests. Don't be in the kitchen making a fuss over everything. Get out, enjoy your guests, eat some of the food that you prepared, have a drink and just have a good time. And something I can add to this too, when I was in college, I, we would plan events for, for students. And a lot of times we would 
be concerned with the number of attendees. And something I had to always remind myself of was focus on the folks who are at the event, not on the folks who didn't show up. It, it doesn't really make your guests feel great if you're constantly worried about all the people who aren't there. Just focus on the people who are there. It is what it is. If there's two people, then you have a nice little intimate thing. So make them feel special rather than making them feel bad because nobody else came. Exactly. All right. So we've made it through the party itself. Talk to me about cleanup. So I, I like to be pretty methodical about how I clean up and you might call me crazy or tell me I'm OCD, but so I have a specific order in which I do things and it does have a, there's a method behind my madness, but first thing I do is I put away any food that is still good enough to keep, uh, maybe to eat on throughout the week. You can have Tupperware containers if you want to send the food home with your guests ready and available to just give them whatever is still good and edible. Second, I go through the house and I pick up any trash. People will place drinks down in the oddest, weirdest places. <laughs> yes. So I go through and I throw away any trash. After that, I take down any decorations that I want to resell or keep for a future party or maybe give away to somebody I know could use it. I take the time to put those away or at least put them in a pile on my dining room table. And then... Fourth thing, and I guess you could do this when you're walking around taking picking up trash too, is any decorations that are broken or that are just kind of throwaway decorations, just go ahead and get rid of those. If you are somebody who needs a break and wants to rest after a party, if you're an introvert and you really social situations drain you, then I would say after putting the food away and picking up the trash, that is a good time to take a nap or sit down on the couch and read a book or watch TV or whatever um, you need to re-energize. The decor will be there tomorrow if you need to wait until the next day to put it away. But if you get the food put away and the trash picked up, you'll feel so much better about the situation uh, when you go do go to finish cleaning up after the party. Yeah, and it's basically just getting rid of anything that's kind of critical, doing all the, the, the trash that could cause a problem or the food that could spoil and then taking a break. So for me, I would maybe do that, but I'm typically the person who's like, I'm going to be up till two in the morning cleaning up so I wake up to a clean space. But whatever works for yeah. folks is, is really the best route. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So we've made it through your five areas and I wanted to ask if there are any areas that folks commonly make mistakes, things that they could try to avoid in advance so they don't make those mistakes as they're hosting a party. Yeah. I really think it's the following up with RSVPs. I all the time I see people complaining about people, you know, I invited 10 people and only three showed up and I don't, you know, I'm not having a party ever again. Or, you know, I invited 10 and I don't know how many are coming. So I don't know how many party favors to get. Um, I don't know how much food to get. It's a really huge stress point for people. And I just want to emphasize that I know we're in a society that thrives on technology and not actually talking to people anymore. You know, we're, Social media is popular and texting and all this over a phone call, but you can achieve so much with one phone call if, when it relates to that RSVPing and getting guests at your house. Sometimes it just takes that personal connection to get somebody to say, okay, yeah, we're coming. Um, so just really focus on that and um, follow up with anybody that you haven't heard from. Also, people that have RSVP'd, Make sure and remind them, you know, a couple days before, send them a message or give them a call and tell them how excited you are to see them there at your party. And it might, 
you know, they might be thinking, well, she'll never miss me. She invited 20 people. She'll never even realize that I didn't come. But if you tell them two days before, hey, Johnny, I'm really excited to see you on Saturday, they're going to be like, oh, okay, well, now I do have to go. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, just touch, to, I would say as a general statement, touch base with all of your guests, whether they're coming or not, the week of the party. So as you talk about these RSVPs, that leads me into a question about social versus actual paper invitations. Do you have any thoughts on when to use what or if only one is appropriate or any thoughts in general about social sending digital invitations versus paper? Sure. I am a huge fan of paper invitations, but I do realize that in this day and age, it's a little it's easier to touch base with everybody through social media or even uh, something like Evite is still a popular option for people. I think it depends on the tone of the party. If it's a little more casual get-together, I think a digital invitation is okay, or even a Facebook event that allows people to RSVP really easily. For kids' parties, I still really like to use paper invitations because I have younger kids, so I know that their friends get excited when they get an invitation at school. And then it gives the parents something concrete to use to plan or has my phone number or whatever. I'm not always in touch with the kids' parents like that. So it gives them my phone number and all that, and it gives me an easy way to get the invitation to them. Plus, I I still think people like to keep stuff like that. Maybe they don't. Mm-hmm. I keep all, my, all the invitations that my kids get um, just as mementos for them in the future. You know, people may throw them away. I don't know. But in the back of my mind, they're keeping mine too. <laughs> right. Well, I actually just had a thought. It's something that I do as kind of a little semi-life hack that is, again, involving the dollar store. But if folks don't want to spend a whole lot of money on invitations or if they don't have a printer or something like that, if you've got a little more time, this could work great. The dollar store, especially the Dollar Tree, they sells in like an eight or they sell in like an eight or a 10 pack invitations or they're actually just cards and you can get them that say thank you on them or they're just blank inside and that could be a really inexpensive way you'd have to handwrite them but it could be a really expensive way of getting paper invitations to people in their hands without having to spend money to customize cards or to buy invitations somewhere in a store that could be a lot more expensive you can get eight or ten for a dollar right and it's usually a kind of a scale of time or money. What do you have more of? If you want to save money, you're going to invest a little more time. If you don't have time, you're going to invest a little more money. So it just kind of, you have to weigh your options and your personal situation there. Yeah, for sure. And I'd say for me, just if it doesn't matter what kind of an invitation I get in the mail, as long as I get the invitation, it still makes me feel special that I was invited to something. I don't care if it's a, a super fancy, you know, something you ordered from Papyrus and you spent $15 a card or if you just printed something out of your computer. Just getting the invitation, I think, is the important thing. Yeah. And there are free things like Canva you can use to design invitations. And if you don't have a printer, you can send them to Office Max or Home Depot, uh, not Home Depot, Office <laughs> Max or uh, Office Depot. Um, and get them printed relatively inexpensively. Sure. And I'll put a link to Canva. If folks don't know about that. I'm sure as we both have worked on podcasts and online marketing things. So folks who do that know all about Canva and how awesome it is. But if, if you don't, then I'm going to put a link to Canva. It's a great, pretty much free design tool that you can use to make some really nice looking stuff. I'll put that in the show notes at easiercast.com slash 15. So for all guests that I plan to have on, you're my first, but for all guests that I plan to have on the show, my 
goal is to ask every one of them for a life hack. This is a podcast all about making life easier and getting things done. So life hacks are, are awesome little shortcuts. Do you have a life hack you'd like to share? Yeah, and I don't think it will come as a surprise if you've listened to this episode. But um, when you get overwhelmed or when I get overwhelmed, it always makes me feel better just to make a list of everything that's in my head. Just brain dump it all onto a piece of paper so that I can kind of clear that space in my head and get through that moment um, and feel like I have sort of control over what's going on. Um, And then, you know, you can either make a plan with that list right away or push it to the side and just know that you it's on paper. You can come back to it tomorrow when you're feeling a little bit better and make a plan at that point. But getting it all out of my head is the first step. Yeah, that's a really important one. I use that technique throughout all kinds of areas in my life. Whenever I feel overwhelmed, I think the important piece to really emphasize about what you just said is just get it on paper somewhere or in whatever tool you use, but get all the ideas out and sort through them after. Don't even think about what order or organizing, just put them all on paper and then you can take a break or go right into sorting through them to make sense of it. Your your brain, I believe I've heard in one of the podcasts or books that I've read that when your brain actually has a plan, it stops ruminating about things when there's something, it doesn't have to focus on it. So making a list is an excellent idea. Okay, so what I'm going to do in that vein is for this episode, I'm going to prepare another checklist that you can grab at easiercast.com slash 15 download. That's the number 15 in the word download. And that will have all of Krista's tricks and all of this information from this podcast that you can download in a convenient, hopefully single page. I think that's what it's going to be. It'll be a single page easy checklist that you can use just as things to consider before your event. So one more time, you can find that at easiercast.com slash 15 download. So before I let you go, Krista, I wanted to make sure to bring back up that Tuesdays Together Rising Tide Society organization I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. So can you tell me about what that's all about? Sure. Uh, So this Rising Tide Society was formed by Natalie Frank. She's an amazing human being. She really wanted to create a space where creative entrepreneurs could thrive in community over competition. She really saw a lot of competition in our kind of creative entrepreneurial space. And she wanted to foster a community that collaborated and held each other to higher standards and worked together with each other to elevate our whole industry. So out of the rising tide came these local chapters called Tuesdays Together. Uh, Most of them meet the second Tuesday of the month, um, but it's up to each chapter to decide which works, which day works best for them. So we meet and each month has a theme. So for example, this month is protecting your business. Some other months are a little more fun sounding like, you know, social media or We do philanthropy every November, um, usually December's like rest and recharge. So each month has a theme and we just meet together and discuss the theme, discuss how each other can make their businesses better. Sometimes we have a speaker, sometimes it's a workshop. So it just kind of depends month to month how that meeting is going to go. But it's a really great opportunity to network with other professionals in your industry. So who's welcome at these meetings? 
anybody that is welcome. I don't turn anybody away, whether they're, you know, a MLM business or a photographer or even somebody who works as maybe a graphic designer, but they work in the corporate space. Um, we have people from all walks of life that come to our meetings. The meetings are not focused on selling our services, although sometimes you meet the perfect person for you at these meetings for a service that you need. But we don't focus on selling. Nobody is pitching themselves. We're just meeting to help each other in our business. So anybody's welcome. I know you've mentioned that you get something out of the meeting, even though you're not technically in the you know creative entrepreneur space. But I think it's a really good opportunity to network with people and get new ideas. Yeah, I will say when I first joined Tuesdays Together, and that's how I actually met you, Krista, when I first joined the organization, I, I was doing an Excel type tech business and it didn't necessarily fit right in with the model that this was designed for, but I definitely felt welcome. I met people that were great to know. And what it's led to is me developing more of a creative entrepreneurial side, including this podcast. You know, this is something that I start announcing at these meetings that this is something I do. Also, I'm starting to focus more on web design and things like that. So it's definitely brought out a more creative side in me. It's been great. I really enjoy coming. Yeah, I really like leading it. I, um, If you're in the Ann Arbor area, I lead the Ann Arbor chapter in Michigan. So you can just find our Facebook group, um, Tuesdays Together Ann Arbor, and join there and you'll get all the information for the next meetings there. Awesome. I hope that if there are any folks that are in our area that they can come out to those meetings, we'd love to meet them. If you're not in our area, I'll post a link to the page. I believe there's a page on the Rising Tide Society that helps you locate local chapters. Is that right? Yes, there yeah. is. And we are worldwide. So chances are there's somewhere close to you that you can meet. Sure. So I'll make sure to post that link in the in the show notes at easiercast.com slash 15. So one more quick thing before I let you go, just to make sure that folks know if they're in the Ann Arbor or the Metro Detroit area, where they can go to find a wedding planner. Obviously, that's something that you do. And we'd love to connect potential clients with you. So how can people find you? So the easiest thing is to go to my website. It is just my name, kristagram.com, and that's spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-A, and then gram, like the cracker, .com. And um, I'm also on The Knot. I'm on Wedding Wire. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, pretty much anywhere you can find people, you can find me under my name, Krista Graham. Okay, awesome. And I will grab all those links from you and make sure to include those in the show notes as well. Great. Okay, Krista, thank you so much for coming on the show and being my first podcast guest. This has been great, and I think folks are really going to love the tips that you've given for planning their events. So just once again, thank you so much for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. And that's it for episode number 15 of Easier. Remember to plan your events and expect success with all the tips from my wonderful guest, Krista Graham of Krista Graham Wedding and Events in the Ann Arbor and Detroit area. I am so grateful to her for being my first guest and I hope you loved everything she brought. Remember to consider your party prep, 
your invitations and RSVPs, your food and drink, what you're doing at the party, and the cleanup after before you get started. And remember, I've got all this stuff in the show notes as well as in a special checklist for you to download. You can get the show notes at easiercast.com slash 15. And you can get the checklist by going either there or you can head directly to them at easiercast.com slash 15 download. Do you have any tips, tricks, or hacks for making party planning easier? If so, I would love for you to let me know. You can do that by emailing podcast at easiercast.com or by heading over to easiercast.com slash 15 for the show notes, scrolling all the way to the bottom of that page and dropping a comment there for me to check out. If I love any of your ideas, I will be sure to pass them along to Krista and to feature them in an update in a future episode. As always, thank you so much for listening. I love that you've been here week after week or that you've gotten here for the first time. Until next week, here's to an easier life. Bye for now.